throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains, from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. The Seattle management is going to give you their time of day. What makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by pretending. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, LeBron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, the Giant Football Podcast. I'm Big J, joined by Joe Aguirre and King Zay. And we have some big news in the NFL as Julio Jones is traded to the Tennessee Titans. Joe, we talked about it a little last week. You thought it wasn't going to happen, but now it, the deal has been made. So what do you think of uh, how do you think Julio Jones is going to add to this Titans offense? Well, their offense is better. That's for sure. Um, I saw a really funny meme about Tannehill and uh, Matt Ryan being the same quarterback. And uh, the numbers kind of bear out. <laughs> so uh, I don't know that he's going to a, a better situation. Obviously, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. I do think, um, you know, I, I brought this up yesterday on Keys to the City. They actually were 27th in the league in time of possession, despite the fact they have Derrick Henry in that backfield. And so I do think, and, and we talked about this, you know, if this guy's good for a couple of first downs a drive, you're, you're, you're just keeping that defense that's not that great off the field for longer stretches. And I sort of compared it to the Giants in that if your defense is just out on the field all the time, they look a lot worse than they might be. And I think that, you know, this will give the Titans a chance. This is a big upgrade over Adam Humphreys. You know, this is a, a much better guy to be hitting. So 
again, AJ Brown with Julio Jones. This is a good pairing. Ryan Tannehill uh, doesn't have to be great. He just has to throw the ball near these guys and he can extend drives. And I think that's going to really help this team out. And it certainly means you can't load the box against Derrick Henry, which we've seen teams like Baltimore do against him to neutralize him a little bit. So again, having, uh, you know, two Hall of Fame type players on the outside certainly is going to make this offense better. And I think it covers up some of the uh, exploitation of the defense. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Uh, I saw another funny meme. It said uh, A.J. Brown wide open, Julio Jones wide open, Ryan Tannehill hands the ball off to Derrick Henry. But it's crazy that three-headed monster – uh, I'm very intrigued to see uh, what comes from this. Zay, who's to blame if they don't succeed, though? Who's getting, Who are you pointing the <laughs> finger at? Is it Derrick Henry? Is it A.J. Brown? Is it Julio Jones? Or is it Ryan Tannehill? Is it the defense? I think it falls on front offense for not addressing the defense. Well, I think Julio Jones is a great pickup. I think he would probably been better suited somewhere like a Seattle where he would actually get the ball more often and be a main weapon. But, I mean, down there, it should be good. But like you said, like Joe mentioned, with that defense is lackluster at best. They're not the best defense in the league. And then to win in the AFC, you have to beat teams like the Chiefs and the Bills who put up points. And if you can't put up points, I mean, I mean, if you can't stop them, excuse me, you're going to have to put up points and outscore them every game. So I don't, I don't really see that working out for them in terms of playoff status. I, I don't see you beating the Chiefs outscoring them. I, I don't see how that's possible. The Chiefs are one of the highest scoring teams in a lead. They only had one letdown probably in the Super Bowl, and that was because they were missing two of their best offensive linemen. So, again, it falls to that defense, like Joe says. You can put as many people on offense as you want, but if your defense can't score anybody, I don't know how you're going to beat anybody. Well, I mean, we are sort of in – I feel like everything has – sort of slowly shifted over to being a more offensive-minded league. So I, I do think there's too many weapons here. I, I think the writing is on the walls. You, you hand the ball off to Henry. You eat up as much clock as you can. And you, when you can, you set up and you find an A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. But I, is that too easy of a solution? I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. And, I mean, the the – Colts are just as good. I mean, they have a solid defense. Young guys around them, they don't have the proven names like Julio Jones or Derrick Henry, but they got young guys, but their defense is a lot better. Are the, Joe, are, they, are the Titans with this even the favorite to come out of the AFC South? Take first there. I do think they are, and I only say this because – I don't think Carson Wentz is necessarily a sure thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to say based on this team, basically coming back from next season, Tennessee, I mean, obviously uh, lost Janu Smith, um, who was uh, quite a nice target for Tannehill uh, and, 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 and turn that into a nice free agency. So good for him, but you definitely needed to make up for that. So this at least keeps that offense, you know, maybe makes it a little bit better even. But, you know, I I do think that, again, I you know, I'm going to go with the sure thing. I think this will help their defense a little bit, though. I think less time on the field. 
and I think that's almost a given at this point, should definitely make them less vulnerable. Um, you know, and if this team could go on longer drives, and again, I see Jones being a, a great possession receiver who can get your first downs. And same thing with AJ Brown. So, like you said, you're you're you know, pound of the ground with with Derrick Henry. And and when you I mean, listen, Ryan Tannehill's a decent quarterback. And I and looking at the season that Baker Mayfield just had, and I, I swear by God, I mean the the catches I see Jarvis Landry make on lousy throws by Mayfield. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, Baker was like 43 out of 52. And it's like, yeah, nine of those catches, you know, Landry was like, you know, sliding one handed catch on the ground. So, um, you know, and and uh, the the tight end, uh, what's his name, Hooper, yeah. overthrows overthrows this guy. This kids, what is this kid like? Six four, six five, and he overthrows him. And and again, you see great plays in the end zone by him. Um, again, I I think for for Ryan Tannehill, this is nice. Couple of really sure handed guys. You're not, you know, you could just kind of put the ball up there for Julio. You could do that with AJ Brown. And I think that's just going to help sustain drives. And again, in the long run, keep that defense off the field and out of trouble. You say sustain drives. It's not going to happen. If you think, if you think Julio Jones came there to just be a first down guy, you know, get the first down every now and then to get it and continue to drive. That's not what he came there for. He came to score quick and he came to score fast and he came to be explosive. And well, he came to the wrong good. place. Well, there's going to learn the hard way. There's nothing learn the hard quick way. and explosive about Tennessee. He didn't come to be a, a, a blocking receiver. He could have done that anywhere else. He, he didn't come there for that. He left Atlanta for the reasons of not getting the ball. I doubt he'd want to go to a place where he's not getting the ball consistently and as much as he wants it. Just doesn't make sense. Like so I said, you- he could have went to Seattle. If that's the You're, case, you should have went to Seattle. Well, listen, as a guy who has uh, uh, Lockett on my fantasy team, I'm glad he didn't go to Seattle because uh, that would be problematic for me. Well, for us, but, you know, you don't care about that. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is this is where he went. And again, he had to approve this trade. Yes. So I'm assuming he was OK with this and the Brother idea Brother. of going to Tennessee and I'm sure they didn't. They weren't like, well, we're going to start throwing the ball to you 13 times a game because that's not happening. So I don't think this guy's under any disillusions. I think Julio Jones wants to win a Super Bowl. I, I get that. I, I don't know if. I mean, I mean, we've seen them make a run two years ago. So, so but the defense is completely different than. I mean, Logan Ryan and Adore Jackson both. Hopped on to the Giants. But, uh, Joe, are you surprised that it, there wasn't even a first-round pick? It was a second, a fourth, and I think a sixth way, way down the line. Well, kudos to uh, Dave Gettleman for uh, what what he did in, in getting that value that he got for Odell Beckham because – you know, I mean, the Giants really walked away with two first rounders when you consider what what Jabril Peppers is, and the, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I, you know, when we were talking about the idea of the Giants going after Julio, I thought, oh, I don't want to part with a number one pick, but I thought if you can get him for a two, I'd be in. 
I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, this is a pretty good deal for Tennessee. I don't think that Tennessee's given up a ton to bring Julio Jones on their team. And I'm I'm not sure that oh look with Kyle Pitts, dude. I mean, if you're Atlanta, I'm just throwing that dude the ball as much as humanly possible. I think that's a terrible comparison. Terrible comparison completely. I think you well, gotta take in the my fact, feelings. You gotta take in the fact that we got so much for Odell because Odell was in the prime, going into his prime as they assumed he was playing at one of the highest levels that you could play at the wide receiver position. And while Julio Jones is a great receiver, he has been playing at his highest level lately. I think he's been okay. I think he's been good. He's been dealing with a bunch of injuries playing here and there, but he hasn't been giving it the full 100%. And to get a second and fourth round, I think that's great because from previous drafts, as we've seen, most teams hit more in the mid-round picks, the second, the third, the fourth round picks than they do on these first-round picks. Most of these first-round picks don't make it in the league more than a couple of years. So I think they got great value for it. And I think that we actually got screwed on the Odell Beckham trade, but it's whatever you can see it the other way. Okay. That's it. That's interesting. But I mean, wait, how yeah. do we get screwed on the Beckham deal? Well, you compared the, the, the trade that we got, you know, you thought we did a good job. I think they did a better job. I think teams hit more on these fourth, these second and through fourth round players than they do on the first round players. So, I think they got more value out of what they out of their trade than we did for the Giants. Um, for, excuse me for Odell Beckham. Excuse me when we traded him and got a couple of first round. That that to me. Ha, wait, who did the Giants? Did the Giants use that pick? Was that on? I believe we actually even traded that pick away. I believe we went back and traded that pick away later. Actually, I gotta look the, back. The yeah, trade. let's find that out. I I don't know that I've ever even thought that out. Like what what did the Giants do with the pick that they got for Beckham? I believe we traded it away. I'm not sure, but again, are, are either of you looking that up or not? I'm looking it up right now, but uh, oh, I, I mean, I, I think the, even Jabril Peppers and of his, the way he played, uh, I think that's still a lot more, a lot better than uh, what uh, yes, a second and a fourth and a sixth. Like again, more you'll get more of these players who last long in the league in the second and fourth round than you do in the first round. It's just. Something sometimes. that we see. It's not sometimes. We see it a lot of times. We can go through the list. And like I said, the first 10, 12 picks, I think it was, they said the first 10 picks it is in the last five years, half of them aren't in the league or something like that. It just happens like that. It's too much expectations well, in that first round. Sure. But also a lot of those are quarterbacks. And, and you know, look, I we we know that, like, I mean, there's a top 10 list in, in quarterbacks. And it's hard to break into that list. And so Dexter you're more Lawrence. Oh, I was going to say so yeah. so the Giants got Dexter Lawrence and Jabril Peppers for Odell Beckham. That's a win. Yeah, both still on the team. Did we, we, we let Dexter Lawrence go? Oh no, we still have him. It's definitely yeah. it's Thomas and we let go. Yeah. yeah. We got too many we got too many damn tackles. We we really do. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Let's get back on the wide receivers and I mean we talk about how great of a duo A.J. Brown and Jabril Peppers are going to be. But are, is that the best wide receiver duo in the NFL right now? Zay, no? No. It's Tampa Bay for me. It's Mike Evans and um, excuse me, Godwin. Um, they're the best to me, in my opinion. You talk about those are two complete receivers on their own. Uh, the Bucks didn't even let Godwin get into free agency this summer. They basically locked him up as fast as they could. Evans has always been a good, great receiver. And then when you have – 
players like Gronkowski and um, Antonio Brown on that team. It just allows them to do their thing. So that makes them even better of a unit. So to me, those two are the best one-two punch in the league right now. Joe, you got anything else? Or I, I feel like that has to be the one, right? I mean, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it is. Uh, you know, I really like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett a lot. You know, I think that's, uh, you know, obviously both guys last year, 1,000 yards. Um, both guys had 10 touchdowns. That's, um, he's pretty baller right there. And that's fantasy bias. Are... <laughs> it's a little bit of a fantasy bias. Although I did trade DK Metcalf to Jared for, uh, a couple of ones last year. Russell Wilson went and picked those two over the two in Tampa. So I don't know how you're picking them. Russell Wilson would trade them so fast. He would trade positions with Tom Brady so fast. I don't think so. I, I don't know about that. I do that think speed on Metcalf and also not for nothing, dude. And I, I like Evans a lot, but it's drops a lot of balls. It, it, it's not even just those two alone. It's just that whole team it, it, together, I guess it, it, he would leave them for. So I can't just say that, but those two, I definitely would take the speed of Godwin and, and, and the hands of Evans over Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. If that's what you want to take, I, I, you watched the Giants game when Giants shut down. I like Metcalf. younger players. And, and I don't it, know. I don't know. I, I I can see the argument to be made there, but I I think you're talking just wide receivers. You got to go Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. But you're talking about if you're talking about two of the best pass catchers, I, I think Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs. That's going to be my stretch. That's just don't want to double up. Like they're, they're both great. Both Kelsey's beasts. a tight end, so I don't think yeah, pass catchers. I would have went that way if we said pass catchers. You said that. wide receiver, so I didn't I, realize I know. that was open. That's, yeah, I, I. That's what I. I what is that? You that wrote statement. this. No, you I'm wrote making the statement. What, who's I the best wide, wide receiver no. duo in the Listen, NFL right now? No, I, if you would have listened to what I said, I said. Catcher. Oh, I said, wait a minute. If you're Zay, talking about receivers, it's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. No, I said it. If we're talking wide receivers, yeah. it's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You're changing what you said. That's fine. All right. Go back and listen to my first two sentences. I'm reading what's on the screen. I'm reading so what you're not listening. on the screen. You're not it listening. says what, who. I understand says, that. Who is the best wide receiver and duo in the I'm NFL sa- right that's, now? And that's what I'm saying. The best wide receiver duo would be Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But we're talking. But if you're talking pass catchers as a whole, oh, it's- but if we're God, no, no, he did okay. say that. He did say that before. Well, he I did, did say that. His, his he did say that before he made that statement. He you did. know what? We can just edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. He did change the curriculum to make him write right before he said it. I, no. I got you, Jace. I mean, we can't mind. all just say the same guy, you know? Look, 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 same... We can if it is the case. If they're all no, the, the, the best, then what can we do? Although, you know, wrong, I'll tell you who I like a lot and I think could eventually be the tandem is Thielen and Jefferson. Um, that's another Justin, good one. Justin Jefferson's straight up baller, dude. Talk about a guy who wasn't um super super highly regarded. I don't think anybody had their money on uh on Justin Jefferson being like a breakout superstar, but he's on his way. You know, I mean, Adam Thielen's as good as they come in Minnesota. So if they had a better quarterback, 
Yeah, he's in Minnesota. If they had, yeah, right. I mean, so so yeah. I mean, it sucks. Look, every team's got its 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 shortcomings. You're never going to be happy, no matter where you go, unless it's Kansas City. Yeah, I I I want to bring us to the next topic. Who is an underrated receiver duo? I I think you just said it. a, A great one, Thielen and Jefferson. The way that team's built is very similar to the Titans. If you look, you got Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. You got a, I don't, not a great QB. And then you got these two solid wide receivers. But Minnesota completely did terrible last year. So not terrible, underachieved what they should have. So I can we see that with Titans? I don't know. But Zay. What is an underrated receiver duo that might make some noise in 2021? I think it's our guys. I think it's our group. I think when you think about it, Darius Slayton, uh, a couple years ago, he looked like a number one receiver at one point when he started as a rookie. So if he can find a way to get back to that form and, you and you know, they have the other guys around, they, they could be a real good duo, tandem over there. Um, I think he could take the spot from um, Sterling Shepard. I don't know if it's possible because Sterling Shepard's being paid so much money to be the number two guy. I, I, I mean, at first he was supposed to be the number one guy, but we know how that went. We had to go grab Galladay. So, it, but if Slayton could go back to that rookie form, Slayton and Galladay can take the heavy defensive assignments, we could have a serious tandem with those two right there. Not to mention, teams are going to have to worry about other weapons like Tony and Shepard and hopefully a Saquon Barkley and maybe a tight end. I, I, I don't want to speak his name too early. I'm... Just going to y'all know how I feel about him. Kyle Rudolph, right? Kyle Rudolph, right? Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. That's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Kyle Rudolph. But yeah, th- I think we do have an underrated receiving core over there. And no, I will refuse to say his name until he starts catching passes. That's what I'm going to do from that one. Since the Giants decided to keep him, <laughs> he's no named. Yeah, I-, I do think with the Giants, it's not like. You got Kenny Galladay, and then you got a bunch of number twos. That, that's that's just how I see it. You got a bunch of guys who any given day can put up a game, but it m- might not be as consistent of a number two as you want. But I, I'm excited to see what uh, comes this season. Joe, how, how good do you think the duo of Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard is going to be for the Giants? I think it's going to be fantastic. I think Sterling Shepard is, I mean, look, he's been, he's been mostly healthy. I mean, he's kind of mm. past the concussion stuff for the most part. He has been, you know, he, and he's not a has been, I want to be clear. I didn't say that. I do think he's going to finish like fourth on this team in receptions. And I only say that because of Galladay and Barkley's back and number 88, will also be making a lot of catches and his fair share of drops. No names. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Shepard is slated to be no better than fourth. Kadarius Tony could certainly cut into that a lot. Ross. I like Slate. I forgot, I forgot Slate about him. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, there's no – there's <laughs> no uh, – uh, there's an endless supply of dudes who could really – Sir Plant Shepard. So he's definitely got to stay healthy. And when he's in there, he's got to make catches because there's been games. I think here's what it is, Zay. When I said he's he's been healthy, you kind of like shook your head. There's been games where he's been in the lineup 
and just hasn't contributed anything. And so you almost think he's out, but he's actually in the game. That's happened. Right. He's been, he's been a little disappointed. I mean, literally, there's games where I'm like, did Sterling Shepard play? Oh, he did. Ah, oh, one catch. Great. Got to be better than that. And, and uh, you know, I thought he really struggled with getting open this year a lot. He, he, uh, I hope he's, he's up for the task because, you know, again, there's no shortage of dudes that will take that slot spot. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, he can do. Cause I mean, all the pressure falls on Daniel Jones. And I do think there were a couple games last year where maybe he forced a couple passes to Evan Ingram or got or Golden Tate was a to who look to 88, 88. Okay. to Dolphin hands, as I like to call him. But uh and you you do you had Shepard there who only had one reception, but it was for like 20 yards or something. The, I, I do think that's going to be a big thing with the Giants that uh, they have a lot of talent, but I just need to see the ball distributed a lot better than last year because last year, I I mean, I, I talked about it on the show. Like there was one game where everyone besides Evan Ingram was 100% on completions, but Evan Ingram had like was like five for ten. So uh, you need to distribute the ball when you got that much talent. I feel like Daniel Jones is taking too much heat. I feel like people rip him too bad. He's not that bad of a quarterback. People forget this is the first year of that new offense he had to learn and a pandemic year with no offseason, with a shortened training camp, with guys who were trying to pick up the playbook as they went along. Mind you, didn't have his star running back who went down, what was it, week two he went down with, with the knee injury? Was it week two, week three, one of them? Two, yeah, yeah, two, week two, week two. Week two. So you talk about you put a lot on a second-year player's plate and expected him to become great. And mind you, probably the most pressured state to play in of them all. Come on. We well, got to give this kid a break. He's don't playing forget, for- by the way, in that same game, Shepard also went down and missed the next four games. Yeah. They yeah. started off one and – I believe they started off yeah. one and five to start the year last year. Sure. He got hurt, and the Giants, with him and Barkley both out, they lost. You know, they, well, they lost five, but they they would lose three more in a row before they finally beat Washington. Yeah, and the week I'm talking about was uh, the game against Seattle, and he was targeted six times. He had one catch for 22 yards in that game, hmm. and so it's I would say weeks 12, 13, and 14, where he had three catches, one catch, and four catches. He was in the lineup, but those were games where I, after the game ended, was like, Sterling Shepard, did he play? You know, because he 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 definitely, the, the last two games, he was great. But for most of last season, Sterling Shepard was not a huge presence in that lineup. And with more weapons and newer weapons and better weapons, including Kyle Rudolph, but more importantly, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, and the return of the underachieving Saquon Barkley, as Zay knows him. Um, We're going to leave Kelvin Benjamin out of this, too? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and don't forget Caden Smith. I, I really do think Shepard could, could find himself on the outs. 
he's going to have to step up his game. And when he's in there, you're going to have to make plays or you may find yourself on the sideline more and more. Uh, again, again, I think it comes out to a lot of the issues dealing with everything going on around the season. Because they, they came out the first game against what was it, against the Cowboys. I think we put up, what was it, 32 or something? I'm, what did we lose that game? I feel goal at the end it was, what was the final score? 30? 37 34. 37 yeah. 34. Okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to mess up the numbers. They put up pretty decent numbers in that game for a team that, again, had to restart practice. <laughs> <laughs> a week before oh, yeah. uh, one of the games, uh, a week before the game, you're restarting practices. Like, this is the team that we were dealing with. So, for them to put up those type of numbers and losing the way that they did, it probably put them on the down. They probably didn't all buy into Coach Judge in the beginning. So, you got to throw in a lot of things outside of the quarterback before we just start bashing this quarterback because I've seen bright spots in Daniel Jones. I think he can be an Eli Manning type quarterback. I really do. I don't no. think he has to be a Brady for us, but if he could be Eli Manning, he can get us another championship. I, I agree with you. I think he sh- has shown those bright spots. And, but the thing is, is last year was the last year of excuses. He's got no excuses this year. You, you can't say, oh, second year. Of the No, you got to come in. It, this is NFL 2021. You got to come in and you got to uh, succeed and you got to come in and make an instant impact. And he's shown glimpses. We've seen the glimpses, but we've also seen some bad spots. And I do think throughout the year last year, he started getting better, and I do expect him to succeed this year. But if he doesn't, you have to start questioning it. You have to get mad about it, and you have to eventually move on if he does not – if he stays the same or he, or he declines. He'll be do the second-best quarterback in the division this year. I guarantee it. And that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Jace, do you think that wearing a Boston Bruins jersey – to a New York Giants podcast makes any lick of sense. Hey, they, they got a playoff game. I got. Giants I was. I was hoping Zay that maybe tonight he was watching that Adam Sandler movie. I told him about it earlier. Happy Gilmore. I, I mentioned to him the stress I'm dealing with that the Islanders are doing so well, living a couple of steps away from the UBS Arena. So I'll have to deal with that madness next year if they win a championship game one. But um, yeah, Jason. It's not a good luck. Hey, I got to rep my teams. I, I I understand they're all over the place, but I still got to rep them. Big game tonight. Yeah, we'll see. You're, you're an adopted you're like an adopted state child. You you Utah, Boston, New York. You just pick – you just run with everything. I have lived in Utah, Georgia, Nevada, and now Connecticut. So I've been all over the place. So, How did you get to be a Giants fan? I watched uh, Michael Strahan play. That gap tooth, huh? It's so appealing, isn't it? I was waiting for him no, to say hey, a line. I, I got a, a favorite lineman that plays for the Giants. Yeah, Chris Snee. Chris Snee was also a beast. I love Chris Snee. Speaking of, speaking of Michael Strahan, we are only 92 days away from the NFL season. Time flies. That was good. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit before the show, but uh, yeah, that is going to do it. That's what you get when you miss the pre-show, huh? That was my bad. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm excited. 92 days, still got a lot this off season. I mean, big news with uh, Julio Jones. Maybe we'll see Aaron Rodgers next in the trade, and then we got training camp and all that stuff coming up. So 
chances of Aaron Rodgers getting traded, like the chances of him making a real promise. <laughs> hey, Joe said there's no way uh, Julio Jones is going to get traded. There's yeah, no we're way. We're talking about I'm the on guy who on TV who said Ryan Braun has never done steroids, and I stand by it, and I put my game check on it. I How still think OJ's innocent. I don't know. <laughs> and right. on that note, folks, I am not going to be caught in a conspiracy. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure you check out John about the G-Men on Facebook and YouTube and follow Clovercrest Media Group on Twitch and check out clovercrestmediagroup.com for 40 other podcasts which you can check out. Uh, posting up podcasts with me and Zay are on Roll Call, Joe's Yankees Show. Bunch of podcasts, not even just sports. Bunch of other stuff too. Really, Yankee sure show? Check it out. Were they covering the sweep over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> All right. They Thank stank. you for watching. Thank you for listening. For myself, Big Jace, Joe Guire, and King Zay. We'll see you next week with more John about the G Man. Take care. Thanks. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Twitch.